This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. What are you looking at? That's the name of the podcast today. You know, I love to talk about it. Jesus is coming back very soon, and he's coming to take his bride. It's true. We see some of the signs of these end times. In Matthew 24, we are told these signs are like birth pains. They start slow and easy, a few here and there, and they grow with intensity and closer together until the child is born. Get ready, people. You are the bride of Christ, and He will return for those who are ready for Him. We should be at the door waiting for Him, without spot or wrinkle, with pure and spotless hearts. And of course, these pure and spotless hearts come from an intimate relationship with Christ, confessing our sins and letting Him forgive us and cleanse us with His blood. I remember when I was first dating my wife, I wanted to spend every waking moment with her. And that is the attitude we should develop with our relationship with Christ. The more time we spend with Him, the more we get to know Him. And as we get to know Him, we fall deeper in love with Him and adore Him more and more. The less time that we spend with Christ, our relationship begins to fade. And as that relationship fades, He might even become a burden to us. Drudgery, hardness, the heavens seem like iron, and that will birth in us disillusionment. But if we spend time with Him and we get close to Him, the love for him will spring forward and grow. I can say honestly that I love the Lord now more than I did as a young Christian. That's very easy to say. Let's get into today's podcast. What are you looking at? 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You see, the eyes play a very particular role in our life. The Bible mentions specifically the lust of the eyes. Now think about that for a minute. Your eyes are organs. They don't lust, but your heart lusts and uses your eyes. Our society is built on what we see, and the Bible correlates what we see with what we think. For example, Mark eight eighteen, Do you have eyes but fail to see? Jesus was saying. So, Yes, we, we have eyes, but we don't understand. Or Luke 19.42, Jesus is weeping over the city of Jerusalem, knowing the wrath that is coming upon them. And he says, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. And lastly, Ephesians 1.18 having the eyes of your heart enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called. 
The use of the word eyes is often synonymous with what we are thinking. I or eyes are used hundreds of times in the Bible. If not referring to our physical eyes, it is referring to what we are thinking. And I think it's most often that way. It refers to what we are thinking. The subject of the eyes is vast, but I want to focus on what we desire to see. This subject starts with Eve in the garden. God told Adam before Eve's creation not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. Somehow, Eve knew the scoop. But after the devil had lied to her, listen to what was happening in her mind. In Genesis 3.6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she ate it. Lust of the eyes. She took the bait. She said that it was pleasing to her eye. It must have been a beautiful fruit. So the eyes are the gateway to the mind. Just think for a minute about the power of sight. Our mind is primarily focused on what we see, secondary maybe what we hear. Now, the devil knows this. Just look at the amount of media that we take in. Look at the amount of media that is available. What we see is what we think. People know this and uh, work very hard to bring certain uh, views into our mind, like commercials, propaganda. Think of commercials uh, that you watch. It's usually beautiful people um, in a beautiful setting selling you something, maybe a drug, a house, dog food, clothes, sheets, a phone plan. The list goes on and on. There's all kinds of stuff they're trying to put in front of us so that we will think about it and act. Satan knows this deal. He sets before our eyes images to lie to us to develop fear, lust, pride. Why? Because he knows if he can put these things in front of us and we think that way, then we will act in sin. And when we act in sin, we come under God's judgment. King David knew this scoop very well. Psalms 101 verse 3, he says, I set before my eyes no vile thing. And I think David had it easy compared to us today. There's so much stuff to watch and and look at and so many people trying to make us think a certain way and usually for money. Matthew 5, 28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This makes me think of the scourge of pornography. This lust will grow and grow, getting worse and worse. It destroys people's mind, their thinking, and it destroys trust. It wrecks lives and marriages. I remember a young married man who was looking at pornography, and it got so bad that he started looking at child pornography, and he came to me for help. I knew that uh, I tried to help him a little bit, but I thought maybe the pastor could help him more. So I sent him to uh, one of the senior pastors of where we were at. 
And that senior pastor brought him in and his wife and told him and his wife that a little bit of pornography didn't hurt. I was absolutely blown away. I was, I was torqued. I told that guy, that is not right. And I lost my respect for that pastor telling this guy he was so deep and needed so much help. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about storing treasure in heaven and not on the earth to reject the love of earth's money and the power that money brings. The only way to do this is to store up treasure in heaven and simply putting uh, putting it doing God's will. That's how we're going to store up treasure in heaven. Okay, so Matthew 6.22, he says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. Now, I want to translate. There's one word here uh, that we translate with healthy. If your eyes are healthy, this word in the Greek simply means single. If your eyes are single, your whole body is full of light. So if our eyes are singly focused on doing God's will, our bodies are going to be full of light. And then, but if your eyes are unhealthy, this word in the Greek simply means evil. If your eyes are evil, your whole body is full of darkness. So if we're putting evil things in through our eyes to our mind, we're going to have darkness inside of us. So may I paraphrase it this way? Our eyes bring light into our mind. If we are keeping our gaze on Christ and we're obedient to him, we're full of light. We have the word of God in us. We're praying and hearing the Holy Spirit's voice. But if we're gorging ourselves on the things of this world, we are full of darkness. Remember the context of storing up treasure in heaven, vice on the earth. Jesus is using this illustration to tell us that our single focus must be on storing up heavenly treasure. Our primary focus, our goal, is to put God first in our life. It will bring us heavenly knowledge to our whole being. Now, some people say, you know, I hear you saying, seek God, put God first. What does that mean? Well, simply put, uh, there's many spiritual disciplines. For example, Bible reading, Bible study, prayer, spending time with prayer, listening to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit and being obedient to Him, times of worship, singing, hands raised in the air, worshiping God, time on our knees, uh, actually on our knees, praying to God with an open heart so that we can hear what he's saying. And then we need fellowship, corporate fellowship and, and corporate worship. That is putting God first in our life. And then reaching out to other people with the gospel, so important. Jesus uses the same illustration in Luke eleven thirty four, but it's under a little bit different circumstances. The Jews were asking for a heavenly miracle to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. They were thinking of the miracles that Moses had, or maybe Elijah. Jesus refused the demand and told them, in, in other words, I'm right here in front of you. 
and you're missing the whole boat. Luke 11.34 says, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, singly focused, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, evil, your body is also full of darkness. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is quite simple. It doesn't take an education. It doesn't take um, a lot of thought. We just need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We have to obey him. That, that's it. And, and understand his ways, of course, and pray and stuff. But it's not complicated. Now, I have to say, at times it's difficult because there's many voices trying to pull us away from Christ, many things trying to pull our attention away from Christ. For example, just think of Jesus going to the cross. He knew what was coming. He anticipated the beatings, the ridicule, the mockery, the crucifixion. Think of him in the garden. He was sweating drops of blood because of the pressure that was on him. He was asking God, you know, maybe, Lord, you can find a different way, but not my will, your will be done. So it can be very difficult, not complicated. But we have to put God first, simple, easy. Be strong, Christian. God is on our side, and He has given us the power, the power of His Holy Spirit, and redeemed us through the blood of Jesus so that we can walk this life. But He desires us to be faithful to Him. What are you looking at? That's the question. What you put in your eye will determine how you think, and how you think will determine what you do. As you seek first God, as we seek first God, His ways, you will be full of light and life. If you do not put God first, you will be full of darkness, empty, dead in your sins. Christ has paid an exorbitant price for us, but He gives it to us freely. Give your heart to him. Say, yes, Lord, I will now turn to you and I will obey. And as you do this, he will fill you full of his spirit again and again. And you will know his love and you'll find that it is easier to live for Christ in obedience with peace and joy than to live in the world with fear and trepidation and wondering where you will go when you die. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to bless us with your presence, to bless us with a heart, Father, that is after you, that we would love you and walk with you and love our fellow man as ourself, Lord. But Lord, we ask you, that you would help us to make sure that the things that come into our eyes are good so that we can be full of light. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to visit me at thecleansoul.org.